Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, Bulls Nation? Welcome in to the CHGO Bulls Podcast. Coming to you live from our studios here in West Loop, downtown Chicago. I'm Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. Joined by my guys, Big Dave, Bow, BAWL Sports. He's giggling. Will the Go Gottlieb, Will underscore Gottlieb. We are CHGO underscore Bulls. Joined by our pal producer, Greg Braggs, Greg under control today, who who didn't uh, give me the uh, the fake out, the fake out point. Did you guys notice the fake out point on yesterday, the beginning of yesterday's show? I didn't. He, he gave, gave me the this uh-huh. and then started a five second countdown. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that? Dirty dog brags. You're burying the lead because what did I say? What did what you, did you I say? I fumbled it. Because <laughs> the last few shows I've been switching it up here with my countdown, uh-huh. trying to give a little saying beforehand. Mm-hmm. Why? And I said, I meant to say only the one and only Chicago Bulls. And I got scared because I got rushed, and you guys scare me. So I said, only the one and only Bulls. And you all looked at me like I was the biggest asshole on the planet. Never operate in fear, sir. I did not even notice that. I didn't notice it at all. This is why you don't operate. Because you guys aren't looking for the producer point. That's all I'm looking for. I'm not. I'm trying to give you the producer point. (laughs) That is true. Will is trying to give you the point. I do. Hey, I have three things to say. Three things. Three things. Count them. I got a million things to say all the time, but go. One, shout out to the Burke brothers who are back in effect. Hey, right there you go. Burke go. Brothers are back. Degrees outside. I need Burke brothers. So are damn hot. My feet need to breathe. <laughs> Two, Will, can we please talk about the home run that you hit in the softball game? I, Woo! I was one for four, mm-hmm. but I did hit one home run. You're gonna be felt, an all star. It felt real know. good. You're gonna be. An were were there bad, some of your teammates bad, on base that you brought home? It was a two run. Okay. Oh, one we, for four and as, as a two-run homer. So it didn't really matter, but it felt great. Yes. And uh, I'm like eighth in the lineup. Our team is loaded. I am most certainly not going to be anywhere near the All-Star game. But I think we're the second or th- I think we're the third seed in the playoffs this year. Nice. There you go. So Playoffs start next C- week, right? CHO's coming. Okay. They on the way. Third thing, and the thing I've been most looking forward to talking about and saying, Matt Peck, guess what? What? It happened. What happened? You met Lost t- Matt Thomas? Placement plan? No and no. <laughs> but I did meet Shirtless Wonder. What? Oh. Yes, I did, dude. I yes, just I did. was thinking about him earlier yes, today. Yes, I did. I walked over to West Loop Market. Shout out to the fine folks over there at that establishment. As soon as I walked outside, I was like, oh, so hot. Oppressively hot. Mm-hmm. Shirtless Wonder is winning today if yes. he is out there shirtless. I want to be doing the show shirtless right now. That's how goddamn hot it is. Goddamn. That's a scary How did thought. you meet him? So, I walked outside. I was on the balcony. Mm-hmm. I was talking to Sean. It was when the white, you, you were out. It was when the White Sox had uh, just lost that game to the Cubs mm-hmm. on the three-run homer mm-hmm. to, by uh, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. And then, while I was doing that, they had said that they had spoken to him. Mm-hmm. Like, they were like, oh, yeah, we had talked to him before like that. I was like, what? For real? Everybody talked to him? That's really cool. And right when that happened, he walks outside. He had a shirt hanging up outside when I walked out there for advertising. I hope he was shirtless when he, he walked. Okay, good. And when he walked out, he said, dude. I was like, yo. <laughs> so I was like, my man. He was like, look, man, that was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. When y'all guys were talking to me, he was like, that was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I loved it. It was great. I'm going to watch all the time now. So he watches us. He was like, he was in there watching the Blackhawks. There you go. On, on uh, replay, he was watching that one. But he absolutely loves it, and he loves the show. He owns a bar. Or he works at a bar, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to go visit that bar, obviously. Dude, we're gonna I, go check I love going to bars. We're going to check it out. Shout out to the store. We're going to go check them out. But, yes, I told him. I was like, dude, come on the show. And he was like, absolutely. I would love to come on the show. Come on through. And I told him only one requirement. You cannot wear a shirt. No he shirts said, allowed. He said, obviously. <laughs> I mean, like, maybe we'll let him, as we greet him at the front door of our building, have mm-hmm. a shirt on. Yeah. As to not scare the... 
the normal nine to five folk who yeah. work in this building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On our on his way up to the studio. Mm-hmm. Once he's in the studio, though, I feel like it has to be fully shirtless wonder. Let's be fair. If they work in this building, they already know the insanity that's happening up in this. They studio, hear so. things, yeah, but we don't. We don't on. have to object to them to seeing things. Sure, but I mean, it's not like shirtless one is out here like flabby and sick. You know what I mean? Like that man is in shape right there. He's shirtless wonder for a reason. He come on through, man. I can't wait to see this. He was an awesome human being, though. I'm he glad. Was really, I'm glad really to hear cool. That. Really Shout awesome. Shout out to you, shirtless wonder. Shout can't, out to can't you. Can't wait man. to meet you. Can't wait for you to come on out here and do this show with us, man. I'm lots, uh, lots of it. fun things to get to on today's show. It's late August, so there's not a whole lot going on, mm-hmm. but there's still some things going on. We're gonna talk about Lonzo Ball, <laughs> who had a little back and forth uh, with Stephen A. Smith after he made an appearance on Trey Young's podcast, talking about what's up with him and that knee injury. Also. Jerry Reinsdorf fired the front office of his other team. We're going to talk about that and some of the parallels of what we've seen between the Bulls and their turnover in the front office and the one that's about to happen with the White Sox. Because as Chicago sports fans across the board, we all are all aware of the fact that Jerry owns two of these teams. So we got to talk about that. Double dose. And wrapping things up, gee, guess what? ESPN once again has no faith in the Bulls. Mm. Shocker. Um, Shout out and uh, bon voyage to the some of the baseball crew who are about to hit up Vegas. Uh, Cody from CHO Cubs and Bets, Sean from Sox and Bets, and Ryan from Cubs on their way to Vegas later today to uh, hang out at Circa for a few days, do some yeah. shows from there. I'm a little bit jealous, but also terrified of whatever temperature it is in Vegas right now. If it's like <laughs> 113 in Chicago. I'm not jealous at all. Than it is here, though. I heard it was going to be hotter. Because I mean, they, they odds said, are it's hotter, but it's real hot here. Yeah, they told me well, that the way the weather was when I was in a cab, they said the way the weather was, it's usually like that um, later on. So they were like probably later on in the months because we were there in what, June? Mm-hmm. So they were uh, like, July. July, excuse me. So he was like in August, it was going to be really, really ridiculous. That's yeah. what I was told. There's one way we could find this out. There is sure. one way. I could just listen to the locals. You could. But damn that. Let's listen to Google, damn it. Google will tell you what it is. All right. Anybody have any guesses what temperature it is in Vegas right now, and what temperature it is in Chicago right now? I'm going to guess 105 in Vegas. 102 in 101 Chicago. 101 here, and I'm going to say 98 in I'm going to say 102 here, 103 in Vegas. According to Google.com, it is 98 degrees in Vegas, 97 degrees in Chicago. Mm. Oh, my God. Mm. According, Same. To Google, according to Google.com. That's still 102 because uh, Chicago you, you, has You humidity. can't believe everything you hear on Google. Yeah. I'm <laughs> well, actually, it's true. But but the humidity yeah. is what makes it feel like 102 out here. This is not 98 degrees. Shout out 98 degrees. Uh, Fresh Greg Bulls Bragg's TV in the comments said, wow, a show about Jerry Reinsdorf and Stephen A. Smith, all of my favorite people in the world. <laughs> not. Uh, okay, so. Not. Lonzo Ball was on Trey Young's podcast the other day, which, by the way, shout out Trey, did not even know he had joined the ranks of current NBA players Honestly, who have started their own podcast. I did not either. Shout I was like, what is him. this? We have a, f- a pod called From the Point by Trey Young, hosted by Trey Young. The name okay, is cool. amazing, by the way. Uh, glad that he had Lonzo on, though. Yes. So, you know, we don't see and hear from Lonzo a whole lot these days while he's been rehabbing this knee injury yeah. for the last two years now yeah so he uh was talking about how he feels good and like at least he's had his most recent surgery and it's better to know where he is in this recovery process as opposed to not knowing before he said we've got a plan moving forward we've been on that plan i'm on track while also still admitting not going to play this upcoming season then he said something that made its rounds around bulls twitter because it was really like a great sign of empathy, I feel, from Lonzo Ball, who said, quote, I feel bad for the GM, being Mark Eversley, because I feel like they made the perfect team around me. They did. And that was the most I've ever been involved in an organization, and I finally got the perfect team to fit my game and play my way. And that's honestly what we heard from the Bulls front office when they were explaining the Lonzo Ball edition. Like, everything that this guy does mm-hmm. fits into exactly how we want to play this upcoming season. Yeah. And then he went out and proved that he was a great fit. Mm-hmm. He provided the perimeter defense the Bulls needed. He provided the transition scoring opportunities with his court vision. He provided a high volume and efficiency behind the three-point line that the team de- desperately needed. And it's why Bulls fans have been just heartstruck or last year and a half that that player that fit perfectly isn't out there and the Bulls have suffered because of it. What did you think when he 
actually, instead of just talking only about himself and his process, said, you know, I feel bad for the Bulls front office because they brought me in and it was a great fit and now I'm not there. Well, one, it confirmed for me exactly what the Bulls front office says that they are is they're very um, they're they involve everyone in the process as far as what players they're bringing in and who's going, you know, to be on this team. And they it's lip service until, you know, you hear the actual proof of it. So him actually saying that was really, really cool for me, honestly, to hear. Like, oh, okay, they're not just talking shit. Like, people are actually involved. Like, when I tell people all the time, Billy Donovan's involved, they're not just giving him players out there on the floor. He's involved with who is on the floor. Well, not only is he involved with it, well, the players are involved with it as well. Because if Lonzo is telling you, I've never been this involved before, as far as who is going to be on the team with me and how I want the team, that's saying a lot. Two... It, it reiterates just how important he is because he stated you built a team around me, you know, like you can't name me another squad where you're building around a player and you remove said player from it that your team is not going to struggle and be completely different. So it wasn't built around. It, it, I'm sure elements of it were built around Zach. And elements of it were built around uh, DeMar. Elements of it maybe built around a little bit, built around Vooch, but mm-hmm. – it looked completely like it was built around uh, Lonzo Ball, just as far as how everybody kind of got a touch of the basketball and how, just how we kind of moved and everybody was kind of out in transition and just having a good time. You know, it's what it looked like. Um, so it was great for me to hear that stuff. It really was. It sucks um, because I feel his pain. Like, him talking about it, you saw, you saw the pain in his face, bro. Like, you really did. Like, you were like, damn, I really – wanted to be out there and proving to them like they made a great decision and mm-hmm. I, this is the team I really wanted to be on and this is something I've never had in my time in the NBA is somebody who actually listens to me you know and actually takes what I'm saying into consideration because I know what the hell I'm talking about obviously he did know what the hell he was talking about because of what took place in that first half of the season but so it just sucks for him Uh, especially, I'm sure, I mean, it sucks for us as fans as we're sitting here watching it, but I'm sure it sucks for him especially because, one, he can't be out there to help his team, but, two, he has to take more time to figure out if he can actually play basketball Mm -hmm. again. So those kind of factors, you know, all of that factoring in, the bottom line is it sucked, you know, for Alonzo Ball, man. Yeah, I mean – I feel like there's not a whole lot new to say about this situation. It sucks for everybody. I feel like every time people talk about this, like the first thing you have to say is, first things first, you feel bad for the person, like Lonzo not being able to play the game that he loves, the game that he grew up playing, the game that he's so good at, um, which is all true. And I thought it was great too that like we've seen, like you mentioned Pat or uh, Matt, that we've seen him be out there in like the media a little bit more. And I think that's a product of him already being ruled out for the season. Mm -hmm. You don't have to like mess around with him, you know, in Paris, for example, last year they had the availability and it was like, well, are you going to come back? Like what's going on? Are you going to come back? And then like constantly last season, we were asking Billy, is there a chance Lonzo's going to come back? Is he ramping up? What's going on with him? How's the progress going? And to just, like, put that to rest and not have to worry about that, mm-hmm. I think that allows Lonzo to come out there and have fun and poke fun at Stephen A. Smith and, uh, like, be an actual person as opposed to just, like, hiding in the shadows because mm. he's afraid to say, I'm not coming back or mm. I don't know what's going on with my knee. I just – I'm really glad they handled it this way from the jump. Um, and I think that, like, that's true for a lot of this stuff. What he said about feeling bad for the front office and – like building the team around him in a certain sense he's such a unique player that you probably can't build a team around any role player in the entire nba and maybe in nba history the way that the bulls kind of built this whole thing around lonzo and i totally agree with him like he was the piece that made it work whether he's going to be a primary scoring option like obviously that's not the case he's probably not ever going to be an all-star wasn't on that track but like he is he was like the engine that made the whole thing work and sure. he was the connective tissue and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely have, uh, you know, like a appreciation for the fact that 
the Bulls front office has had to deal with a lot. Not only like losing a player that's clearly irreplaceable, but also having $20 million on your salary cap to not be able to move. Right. To not, like the yeah. risk of waiving him, I think in a, in a certain sense outweighs like the fact that you know, you have this money sitting on your books because what if he's able to come back and give you yeah. 60% of what Lonzo Ball used to be? Mm-hmm. Like, that's still a really valuable player. Yeah. Um, you also want to support him in his rehab and just, like, not give up on the guy. Um, obviously, like, he would still get paid and all that, but it just it's a shitty situation. But all of last season, the Bulls had $20 million worth of player on their books that they got zero minutes from. Yeah. This upcoming season will be the same. Yeah. Obviously, time will tell sure. if they do, in fact, decide to use that designated player exception that the league did grant approval for. Thank you. Certainly hasn't happened so far. But that's would be surprised if they do use it. We'll see. That's where I wanted to take this because, like, this doesn't need to be like a whole referendum on the AK era and all this stuff. I get that it's a really impossibly hard situation for them, for Lonzo, for the fans, for <clears throat> everybody because he's right but to basically not do anything like it's not about losing Lonzo for me it's about the fact that there's been very little attempt to move on from that because at a certain point like you can't operate under the assumption that he's coming back Mm -hmm. you can't like do this whole dance that you did with Derrick Rose again right like they need to they needed to find a way to move forward and it it took them a a year and a half of completely wasted mm-hmm. prime of DeMar DeRozan, of, of Zach Levine, of Vooch, a completely wasted year. And now they're having the offseason that they should have had last year. Mm-hmm. And, like, congrats to that. But that, that's, like, that's money that you're talking about, like long-term investment in guys. Now you're having to have the conversation about extending DeMar. You like had to compensate by giving Bush another contract because you just need to keep kicking this thing down the road. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it, it feels like last year was totally wasted. And I get that you don't want to give up on it, but like, you cannot give up on it and also try to move forward at the same time. And I just feel right. like it took longer than it needed to. I, I think that's true. Um, I'm talking about just from a front office perspective. No, no, I, I hear you. Um, my only issue was the wasted. And the reason I feel like that was because I think they were still operating under the assumption that he was going to come back. Um, Because even when he went out for that half a year, they still were saying, you know, we'll reevaluate him in two weeks. And we'll see where we're at. That okay, in after January, those two weeks, though, I mean, I understand that. He was understand supposed that. to be back in like March. That's, that's my point. And then he they wasn't didn't back. know. And then he wasn't back. That's the like, point. That's the point I'm saying. But they, so they had known. no idea. They should have known. They didn't know. I am with he, Will and that. Know. They still didn't even know that what his knee problem was. Like he had to have three but surgeries. But that's the point. If you can't figure out what the problem is, then you know it's going to last long. It's not going to just magically heal itself. You need a contingency plan. And I'm sorry, but if Bulls fans getting the reports that we were getting. Those of us who live in reality heard those reports and said, he ain't coming back. Mm-hmm. Then they knew it, and they knew it better than we did, and therefore should have had a better plan, a backup plan in place. I disagree. That part I disagree, because everybody was okay with the, when they knew he wasn't going to come back, and they knew he was going to be out, everybody was okay with Io being the one to be the starting point guard to be in there. It was only when Io didn't produce like everybody thought he was, everybody was like, that's a shitty plan. Everybody well, was okay with that plan. But it's not its not even just about the production or lack thereof of the guy backing up Lonzo in that role. It's the fact that every time we got an update, it was like, well, okay, after this surgery or after X, Y, and Z surgeries, right, right. ramp up, discomfort, shut down. It, it was the yeah. same thing over and over and over again. Agreed. So if Bulls fans Agreed. were hearing that, then they knew it better than we did. Agreed, but they didn't know. Like that's Again, that's what I'm saying. Maybe you're right. They should have known that what that knee problem was but they still nobody didn't fully figure out what the hell was wrong with his knee until the right. third what, surgery and that's what lonzo was just saying in this interview with trey was it was really frustrating yeah that's super frustrating we didn't dog. know nobody knew like no, none of the doctors could figure it out like that's tough like if the doctors but, don't know how the hell is the, the team doctors supposed to don't be? figure it can't figure it out you're saying then you the move front on. office should better as shit have a backup plan you're saying and they did have a that's my point they had the backup plan, the backup plan was that everybody was okay it. with yeah okay. and no and then everybody yeah. said well fuck that plan is agreed disagree um okay before we move on the last part of this that we have to get to i uh, saw so i think nicholas in the comments asking about it is what do we make about the the recent you know back and forth between lonzo and Stephen a Stephen a basically said something about oh i heard from a source that lonzo is having trouble getting out of a chair from a seated position he's not playing he's not coming back <laughs> and then lonzo 
responded by posting a video on Twitter. Brags, if you have that video to throw up. Thanks, sir. Who are your sources, bro? Please, please tell me who your sources are. Come on, man. Come on, man. You got to stop yapping. And I actually like you, man. I don't even know you like that. But I like you. I'm coming back, man. Come on. Bulls fan encouraged on, by go. that. Come on, go. Goes proving that he can do the same. Um... Anybody who's coming that back and said, and you know what? Again, rooting for Lonzo to come back. He just said in a podcast appearance himself, that's not this season. So it was like, okay, very, very bold of Lonzo to be like, well, like, hey, Stephen, hey, what are you talking about? Who are your sources? Look, but I'm coming this back. This is what I'm talking about, though. Like, the fact that he can get on Twitter and make that video is a product of the fact that he's already ruled out. Right, right. Exactly. He doesn't have to hide. He right. can be Lonzo Ball, and right. that is what I'm happy That's about. That's a great point. Yeah. And I, I, liked, yeah. I like the fact that he was very lighthearted in it, saying, like, who are your sources? You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. I like you, but what the hell are you talking about? Right, right, right. It was great. I'm happy that Lonzo did it because sometimes Stephen A needs to get called out. But and he, then I don't know if you guys saw, I think today on yes. his morning show, again, Stephen A rebuttaled to Lonzo's rebuttal. But completely shifted the goalposts <laughs> on what Stephen A was at first saying. He did. Because he, really he did. said he can't get out of a chair. And then Lonzo was like, how about this? How about I get out of this chair on one leg, the leg that I had surgery on four times? Shut up, Stephen A, and get yourself some better sources. And then Stephen A basically went on a tirade that was like, well, he's still not coming back. He's not going to play. He's not healthy. That's not what you. That that's not what you said. Made. I was disappointed in Stephen A. In that. Like, when are you not disappointed in Stephen A.? Are you surprised when he says something completely out of pocket and puts his foot in his mouth like a dumbass? No one. You, yeah. you forget this, Brax. Oh. That's for you, Stephen A. I just got yeah, a Braggs, off-season look, hat throw. I hope you were looking in Brax's eyes because he was looking at the whole time like, "Oh my God, what the hell did I just do?" <laughs> yeah. I mean, am I? Are you guys gonna? Look, I like Stephen A. I like Stephen A. Too. Do I have respect for what I he's accomplished Stephen in his career? Yeah. Huge Stephen A. He, he started as a but journalist back wrong. when people were still sports journalists, when that was a thing. Wrong is wrong. Uh, you know, and, and I told Matt earlier when we were having this discussion, and I told him I hadn't seen it. When I saw it, I texted him. I told him, I was like, dude, this sounds like friends I have that when they're wrong about something, they won't admit that they're wrong about something. They'll just argue something else that has nothing to do with the original <laughs> point of what it's we okay. were talking about. I don't Absolutely bite. That's really it. what it was. That's all it was. It was like, yeah, well, so, you know, <laughs> that's really, I was like, oh, I know him, man. That's my guy right there <laughs> from around the way. I know that cat. But yeah, I, I thought it was a terrible way to handle that. A simple, you know what, yo, I was wrong. It's, it's all you kind of needed. You know what I mean? Like you could have moved on from that, but he, he, he rode a horse that nobody was actually trying to watch him race. You know what I mean? Just so ridiculous that this is the news of the NBA right now. <laughs> this is the news of the day. That a media personality is like having a tirade on Twitter and TV mm. at an injured NBA player who has proven he can stand up and sit down out of a chair. That's where we're at. Welcome to August 23rd, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it provided some entertainment. I'm glad Lonzo called out Stephen A. Yeah. I laughed when Stephen A tried to fire back and failed miserably. Um, I enjoyed being a meathead on the, on the last part when he said I'm coming back. I really I also, that. you know, it was cool to just hear that conversation Lonzo had with Trey Young. And you could tell there's That's a lot true. of mutual respect there between yeah. those two NBA guards. Yeah. Um, Obviously, we are all hoping that Lonzo is right. And when he said defiantly in that video, I'm coming back, yeah. we all hope that happens. Those of us Bulls fans choosing to still live in reality and are worried about what this team can be without Lonzo Ball still have to worry about what this team can be without Lonzo Ball. All right, let's say down the road, though, that he is able to have a resurrected career, you know. Do you think from those statements where he said, I feel bad for the GM – do you think that he would help the team out and like pay, you know, give it back to them? Like when he is ready to play, play on a very healthy discount. Well, to give oh, back you mean to like if they were to sign him to a new contract yeah. after the current like one expires? The I'm him. I wouldn't. Mm -mm. No, I wouldn't do it. No, make what? your money. I don't yeah. think make your money. You're a professional athlete. Make your money. I don't money. think he's Boom. gonna get a new. Like I think he's not gonna come back before the end of this contract. Agreed. And so. I don't think he's going to, like, earn another big payday. So if he does come back, it'll be, like, on a one-year minimum kind of deal, prove it, 
and then see where it goes from there. That, that would be my guess. He has to prove his health, man. Because, again, like if we're being real about it, he hasn't been healthy, you know what I'm saying, throughout his career. So for it to put him out for this long period of time and set an entire franchise back, he's going to have to prove it, like Will just said, in that one year. Now, if he can prove it in that one year playing 70 games or 65 games or something like that, Okay, then we can have that conversation. Or even like 40 games, but just like be out there and look like Lonzo Ball. I think that's the key. Like he's going to have to spend a long time not just like recovering from this and like rehabbing from it, but like working his way back up to basketball shape and like you And know I, what I and mean? I'm saying in a in a in a vacuum if he proved that. And I understand the Bulls are probably just going to move on from him. But like but in I the wonder Derek about that. situation. I wonder about that too. Yeah. yeah. If he had proved it, would he be the type of guy from those statements that would be like, you know what? They did right by me. Now I'm going to do right by them. I don't know. I hope not. <laughs> like, bro, I'm not well, giving you back 20 no. minutes. It's hard to say. I just tore my knee apart and I'm supposed to give up money, bro. Like, I might not play it. No, absolutely not. I'm, I'm not good. giving you that back. Absolutely not. I hope he doesn't. I hope he doesn't. We can leave it there until the next time we hear from Lonzo or hear anything about Lonzo. Uh, we'll take our first break, come back, come back dive soon, into Lonzo. the fact. The Jerry's other team <laughs> just had a shift in their front office. That's how he hits the home runs. <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Ray Chevy Dodge Jeep Ram. Ram. Are you in the market for a new vehicle? If you are, we've got some great news for you. Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram in Fox Lake has just joined the CHGO family. At Ray's CDJR, you'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventories and find unforgettable savings. And right now, during the Make This the Summer event at Ray CDJR in Fox Lake, you'll be able to take up to 20% off MSRP on the select on new select 2023 Ram 1500 models. Maybe you're thinking interest rates might be too high I right was. now. I was. That's a fair thing to be thinking. Thank you. That's not the case at Ray, because now through August 31st, you'll be able to get limited time, 0% financing for 72 months on select new models. So here's what to do. If you're in the market for a new vehicle, you've got to check out the team at Ray, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, because they're the only team we recommend. Visit them today on Route 12 in Fox Lake. For more information, you can visit Ray CDJR only in Fox Lake or RayCDJR.com today. Serving their community since 1963. Mm. You know what, ladies and gentlemen, you got, just got to see the GOAT doing the excellent workouts on the one leg with the knee, and then he gave you a bonus one just because he's the GOAT. And don't step over the fact that he did that in Burks. And can I just say, mm. I'm not sweating because of that. I'm sweating because it's really hot. Yeah. It's just hot. Oh, absolutely. And that's why I have two. But I am sweating. Well, I'm not sweating at all because I got two of them things right there, baby. Yeah. And I'm never doing that. <laughs> I like how me and Matt just both sat here like, you have at it there, I'm coming sir. back. <laughs> you enjoy that. That looks fun. Mm -mm. But you know why he's able to do that stuff? Because of that AG1. That high-quality stuff, those 75 high-quality ingredients that give him that key daily nutrients that support the energy, the focus, the strength, as you just saw, the clarity, and oh, sweet Lord in heaven, the adaptogens. Oh! That's how you got to do it. Yes, Greg, look at me when I tell you about the adaptogens. Stare into my eyes and understand what AG1 does, Braggs. I can does see why you things. say that we I'm scare terrified. you now. <laughs> I am mortified. <laughs> the adaptogens. Yes. Look into my eyes. Look into me, sir, and understand, sir. The quaffness just doesn't come alone. He takes his AG1 every single morning or late afternoon. Matt, when do you take your AG1? Every morning after my first cup of coffee. Oh, after this first, and then you have another cup after. Coffee, AG1 coffee. Oh. Every freaking morning. Every freaking morning. And that's why he is Matt Peck and so awesome and energized, ladies and gentlemen. And you can be this way too. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five, one, two, three, four, five of them travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is go to drinkag1.com slash mm, CHGO Bulls. That's drinkag1.com slash CHGO Bulls. And check it out because it's AG1, y'all. You scoop it, you dump it, you shake it, you drink it. Then what you do, go? You feel it. Mm-hmm. Bada bing. Mm. Uh, all right, y'all. 
Don't be scared of love, Braggs. Right around <laughs> when we finished up our show yesterday, uh, I was Not getting in my car driving home. in Puerto Rico. And then all of a sudden, the <laughs> everybody at CHGO Hangout thread in Slack started blowing up. Like, yo, oh my God, holy crap, what are we And uh, I looked and it was big breaking news on the south side of town. Jerry's other team, in case you missed it, they issued a statement from the White Sox official social media pages saying that they have relieved their executive VP of baseball ops, Ken Williams, and the team's GM, Rick Hahn, of their duties effective immediately. immediately. God, I love that phrase, that effective immediately. Great, it's yeah. a great phrase. You look like you would be awesome firing people. Oh, <laughs> I was in our bullshit earlier today telling our boss that I have very little patience for stupidity. You're fired. I would love to fire as many fired. stupid people as possible if I were in such You're a position fired. of power. Fired. But I'm not. I'm, I'm a pawn on the chessboard of life. I think that's a good thing right now. Um, I'm still here. One, <laughs> one of the things that was said by Chairman Jerry Reinsdorf in that official statement from the team, quote, ultimately the well-worn cliche that professional sports is results-oriented is correct. While we have enjoyed successes as an organization and we're optimistic heading into the competitive window of this rebuild, this year has proven to be very disappointing for us all on many levels, end quote. White Sox fans saw this and probably spent a good amount of time celebrating. Because I feel like most White Sox fans were ready to move on from this front office pair of Williams and Hahn. Just like us Bulls fans three years ago were well beyond ready <laughs> to move on from certain gentlemen whose names I don't even want to say anymore. Mm -hmm. Now White Sox fans, less than 24 hours after getting the news that the front office has been removed effective immediately, are sweating bullets and maybe rolling some eyes because of what's come out and nothing official yet as far as who the hires are that will be replacing the old front office, but people groaning and mumbling about the types of people who will be replacing them and wondering if real change will actually happen. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting comparison to make, guys, and I'm curious how you feel about it because the Bulls, at least to their credit, went way outside of the little inner circle the, the, you know, the circle of trust that they had relied upon for years, for decades, and made some interesting outside hires yeah. in Arturis Karnachovas and Mark Eversley. Yes. White Sox fans are worried right now that they won't do the same to find this new front office. There's rumors that um, an assistant GM of theirs who's been in charge largely of their farm system yep. is in line to get this promotion to Han's job. Yep. Most Sox fans I've heard from over the last half a day, not thrilled with that. What do you think, Dave, about being a Bulls fan and a White Sox fan, how this news has broken, where it's being rumored and reported to go compared to the overhaul that we saw from the Bulls front office three years ago? Uh, first of all, thank you for pointing that out. I am, yes, the only White Sox fan up here uh, right now. So I have some thoughts. One, when this first happened, I didn't celebrate. I more said, wow. That's what I it was. It was the term effective immediately that got me to say, wow, because I was like, I thought it'd be after the season. Mm -hmm. They were like, no, we're doing this right now. So I said, wow. And immediately I, I didn't feel cleansed. I didn't feel happy because I just felt like it didn't feel right. I'll just say that it didn't feel right. And then today I realized why it didn't feel right. Because you went back and you're like, no, we're going to bring in the ghost of Tony LaRusa to be the consultant here uh, for this team, you know, because he did such a bang up job uh, when he brought him back. So let's make him a consultant, which is a terrible decision. It, it's a horrible decision. It's, it's trash. It's crap. As a White Sox fan, we don't like none of this shit. All right. It is bullshit. And I can say that from a White Sox fan perspective. It is complete, utter bullshit what is going on right now with my team that I enjoy, that I have so many awesome memories uh, of. As far as its connection to the Bulls, I am, for what you just said, I'm pleased to say it does not remind me of the Bulls now, but it definitely reminds me of the Bulls then. And that's where it, it started to make me have those memories. When you were just talking about Chris Getz, mm -hmm. uh, who they're bringing up, Chris Getz, former player of the White Sox, mm -hmm. also former player of Kansas City Royals. It feels like they love players and people from the Kansas City Royals, which reminds me of the Bulls' love and affection for people from Iowa State. 
I was just about to say, that's they not They hired him. Floyd before they hired him. Correct. They hired Hoiberg before they hired him. Correct. While Mark- doing no actual search before hiring. And getting Marcus Pfizer and getting Cameron Payne and getting those kind of players on the squad. It reminds you of those kind of things. So, and, and bringing back uh, the ghost of Larusa as your consultant immediately reminded me of the ball-headed menace. Immediately reminded me of that. And... It was like waking up from a bad dream, which is great to say because it means it was a dream and it's not reality anymore for me. Like you just stated, Matt, they went and got a dude so far outside of them. He's from another country. You know what I mean? And I mean Denver. (laughs) That's a joke. But they went and got him and then you went and got Mark Eversley, who is Canadian. None of them have those kind of ties, you know, to the Chicago Bulls or anything from that past. The Bulls are kind of like... Back then, it was it was and why it was kind of like Bless you. Bless you, how all presidents are related. I don't know if people know this, but all presidents are related. Yes, yeah, so all presidents and and vice presidents are somehow related. Like Obama's related to Cheney. Like you can go look that up. It's it's a real thing. It's a real thing. So it feels like that when when the Bulls always were bringing somebody in who was always still in the organization or still hanging around or still just being there, and they just, you know, would bring these guys in. That's just a thing. You know what I mean? So it made me happy that I don't really have to deal with this no more as far as my Chicago Bulls are concerned. But it also just makes me sad because I know what's coming (laughs) as a White Sox fan because I've watched this crappy-ass movie before you know what I mean and I know how it's going to end and it's not going to end well it might get way worse before it gets way better for my organization it just honestly makes me feel good that I don't have to say that at least about this team that I'll get on here and I'll talk about that I love well you know why it felt weird to an extent because to me it didn't make much sense if you're gonna fire these guys you'd fire them before the trade deadline they fired them after, and they made a bunch of moves at the trade deadline. Yeah, so yeah. you knew you Why were getting you rid of these make guys. Them make the moves? selling. Right. As an owner, you allowed them to sell, yeah. and then you traded. Then you fire them yeah. after he's traded assets away that mm-hmm. he's not has no implications now on the future of the franchise. Now the next guy comes in yep. has to clean up a bigger mess. Yeah, it's, that that makes absolutely it sounds like, no sense. Again, again, that sounds like old Bulls regime stuff. Right. You know what I mean? That I used to deal with then. It really does. Yeah. It, and to say, and if people don't see the connections and connotations got to open your eyes to it because it's true it's there it's what it used to be i'm more happy talking about what is now (laughs) and knowing that i don't have to deal with what used to be because if you watch us on bulls outsiders and things like that we we definitely dealt with a lot with what used to be as far as this team man and shout out to all y'all who showed us love for that but especially this man right here he told a lot with it. You know what I mean? It drove him absolutely bonkers and insane. And I understand why he was driven bonkers and insane by it, man. Because when stuff like that doesn't make any sense, it just it when you can't when you can't find the logic in these things, man, it just drives you absolutely bonkers. Again, I'm happy I don't have to really kind of deal with that with my Chicago Bulls, as far as on this kind of level where they're at with the with the, the White Sox. Matthew, I'm sure you have a lot to say well okay um as will or i mean as uh braggs was just bringing up like the odd timing of this and i saw football candy in the comments uh and i was going to bring this up anyway this was i think the the biggest obvious sign uh in a very interesting in a lot of ways column from bob nightingale earlier today Mm. talking about this white Sox turnover in the front office Mm -hmm. this is from nightingale Quote, this is the week the White Sox are sending out season ticket renewals and attendance has plummeted this year, dropping by 179,836. We ain't showing up, bro. The biggest decrease in baseball, averaging 21,598 a game. Mm-hmm. Fans have openly been calling for the firings of Williams and Hahn all season. There's the explanation for your timing. When I said earlier that there are some differences, and at least I felt good about the Bulls having a search for new people to come in and take the reins on making basketball decisions for them to fix all the shit that was broken with the old front office and the old coach. And I'm feeling sorry for my Sox fans out there because it doesn't look like this is going to be the same. The one thing that I see a giant overlap on in this Venn diagram of Jerry Reinsdorf ownership is... When does change finally happen? 
when people stop walking through the door. Big Dave, you and I, as you mentioned, were doing Outsiders back uh, then. The, the year two of the ball had a menace experience in the 2019-20 season. The Bulls' rebuild could not get off the ground. That team was losing, and not just losing, but losing by 20 or 30 or franchise records. The Celtics. Every other night. And we sat there as I heard Bulls fans and said, well, this sucks. This is no fun. <laughs> and a lot of people watching our show said, I didn't even watch the game tonight. I just tuned in to listen to y'all bitch about how much this sucks. I remember. And again, as Dave said, much love to y'all out there in Bulls Nation who did so. Mm-hmm. Will Purdue, our friend, our friend, would come back to the, the studio, back to NBC office some nights after doing pre and post from the concourse and say, I have never seen the United Center that empty. Mm-hmm. And we're talking like even in the initial post-Dynasty Jerry Krause rebuild that went nowhere, that place was still packed to the rafters, mm-hmm. to capacity, with loyal, diehard Bulls fans. I don't care if this team is 72-10 and 10 or 10-72, and 72, I'm showing up and I'm spending my hard-earned money to cheer on the team that I love more than some of my own family members. Oof. They stopped doing that when the Bulls rebuild went nowhere under the ball head of menace and the old front office that we were ready to say goodbye to. Oh, I can't stand them. When did they start getting, like, whispers around there that the Bulls might finally be ready to make a change in the front office? Towards the end of that 1920 season when no one was showing up. What do you know? White Sox season ticket renewals are right around the corner. Front office finally relieved of their duties. Coincidence? I think not. <laughs> yeah. It, it sucks, all right? And, you know, it's you don't want to relive stuff like this from your past. You know how you might have a bad experience or something in your past that you went through that probably made you a better person, you know, but you went through it. But you're like, God, I don't want to go through that again. And then to sit there and watch it happening again, and you're like, oh, my God, I'm going through this again. It sucks. Honestly, it, it just sucks, bro. Like, I really wish I had a better word for it, but it sucks. It just really does. And, again, it was the right move made, getting Kenny Williams going, getting Rick Hahn going. Right move, correct move to make. But then to immediately start making the moves nobody wants you to make and start making those moves, that's where the frustration and the anger and the you know fans being upset that's where all that comes in which is why everybody is talking about it so much now like you said fans are hitting you up with those kind of things man again i'm i'm just so happy that i don't really have to deal with that right now like hearing stuff like lonzo ball say working with the front office you know Mm -hmm. what i mean and i'm and i'm bad and i'm sad for them Mm -hmm. that's progress all right (laughs) that's progress all right like, because it was not like that before. They're working with the players to do what? You know, that's not what they were doing before. This is progress right here. Hearing Lonzo say, no, they worked uh, with me to get the right players in here, build the right team around me to where we could su- succeed and win. That's beautiful things to me, man. That's breath of fresh air stuff for me. Like, because I'm not used to hearing those kind of things. I talked about all the time how um, – when I was at NBC uh, Sports Chicago, how I loved Kevin Anderson so much. Uh, shout out Bulldog. Because I told him all the time, I wasn't used to people telling me it's okay for me to be myself. It's okay for me to wear these hats, to have his long hair, to be a black man on the damn sports show. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's not a normal thing. You know what I'm saying? And for Kev, but Kev always promoted me and accepted me and did those things. Brandon does the same thing. Brandon Spano, who runs things here, does the same thing for me. That's what I think of when I think of stuff like this. Like, when you're just not used to it, you know what I mean, and it's, and it's brand new to you, you're like, uh, okay, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, I don't know, you know. But it, it just feels good that I don't have to deal with it with this team, you know, right here with the Bulls, man. But the parallels and, again, the things that connect, you see them. You see them about what this was and how it used to be and why this man used to be driven so mad. And, I'm, and I mean that word literally. He was, he was driven mad, you know what I'm saying, about stuff that was going on within, you know, the team and, and what was going on with them, man, back in the day. But I'm happy we're not there at that point and we get to argue more about – you know, players 
you know, and what's going on on the floor, yeah. you know, and stuff like that, other than these other situations uh, that are happening now, like it's, the White Sox. It's more fun to have debates about that than debates about the yeah. dysfunction higher up in the organization. Yeah, yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah, it's fun. It's, it's more fun. We, uh, we we have to take our second break here. We, we come back. Uh, maybe maybe we'll scrap the, the real, ESPN real, thing and keep talking about quick, it. Real quick, real quick, because I worked hard on this graphic okay. while you guys were talking. It takes me a lot longer than Joey. Can't wait till you get back, Joey. <laughs> but this is where it, why it's bullshit on the statement he made about all that matters when they fired Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams. All that matters is winning. He made a statement earlier this year that caught a lot of heat and it came out where Reinsdorf said, and this came out again, he said it two different times, where he said, because your fans say, wow, we've got a shot, we're in it at the end, but there's always that carrot left. It's, it's a, for Jerry, it's about just being in it till the end of the season and not winning championships. He's proven that time and again with his just, all he cares he's, about is making them. He's, like, he's stated it in a variety of phrasing. Time and again. Yep. Not just proven it, he stated it. Yep. And, and time and again. Yes, you're right. Um, okay. Great graphic. Great graphic. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. This is terrible. <laughs> while, no, while, while, we're, while we're taking this break, do us a favor, hit credit. that thumbs up button if you're watching along with us on YouTube. We greatly appreciate it. Also, hit that subscribe button if you aren't already, which, by the way, during our CHO White Sox Cruise emergency pod yesterday evening, yeah. reacting to this breaking news. Great stuff. CHO Sports YouTube channel crossed 35,000 hey. subscribers. Shout out to all of you Shout out. who have subscribed. Oh. That is freaking Awesome. And for real, great stuff by the CHGO White Sox crew, man. Truly. Great stuff, bro. Vinny, Herb, Sean, incredible stuff. It was great. Today's show brought to you by Lewis University, whose students are just like you. They've got full-time jobs. Maybe they're raising families. They're also full-time sports fans. It's a lot on your plate. Go back to school to earn a respected degree at Lewis University, located just 35 miles southwest of Chicago in Romeoville. They're ranked as one of U.S. News World and World Report's top-tier colleges, and it's easy to see why. They partner with numerous employers for tuition discounts and offer evening, online, and blended scheduling formats to help you balance your work life, your family life, and hiring your education. Mm. Faculty at Lewis bring real-world experience and instruction to the classroom, which is immediately relevant to your career. They offer career support and academic resources for adult students. Maybe you're looking to complete that bachelor's degree you never quite finished. Maybe you're looking to get your master's or enroll in a professional certificate program. Whatever it is, Lewis has the right program for you. So here's what you do. Discover how a degree from Lewis can help you build a better world around you. Learn more at lewisu.edu slash you can do this. One more time, that's lewisu.edu slash you can do this because you can. All night long. So, uh, baby Joey, hit me with the text here. Um, Braggs, he says, relax. You're doing a great job. Uh, thank That's you, baby, baby Joey. That's what baby Joey just said. But then he said, <laughs> I don't know what that means, but that's what he just read. Okay. Right that's, there. That's scary. Oh, he said he just leaned on his phone. Okay. It's no mistake. You're fine. Okay. You're fine. You're okay. You're all right. But he just liked those words, Braggs. He never understood. He didn't. <laughs> he didn't get it. And I'm I, sure you don't either. I get it. You do get it? I think I get it. I don't think you do. <laughs> I don't. No, Baby I'm Joey not, don't no, understand. I'm not so sure. You don't understand. I'm about to leave you, Braggs, and I'm going to go over here because I'm going to quit right, messing with you. Sounds good. Why? 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 Are these glasses so expensive? They don't get it. Matt don't get it. Will don't, don't get it. Mm -mm. Braggs say he get it, but I promise you he don't get it either. And I don't get it. They don't understand. But you know who don't understand? Shady Rays don't understand. And so they set out to do something about it, y'all. Shady Rays, that independent sunglasses company that offers that world-class product just as good as any expensive pair you ever put on your beautiful, sexy face. The durable frames, the extremely clear optics for your outdoor. And as this handsome gentleman is over here, put my right proven, your indoor adventiones. It's Stay a word. school, kids. And that's not all. Shady Rays. Offering that most insane protection plan called the Matt Peck Lost and Broken Replacements. Hey, Sam Craig! You freaked him out. Three hat throws, one August day. <laughs> it's too damn hot, Will. It's too hot. Hey, Steven. <laughs> Let's say that hat he just threw had those glasses on it, ladies and gentlemen. They would have broken apart. Hopefully, not on the top of Bragg's head. But it would have broken apart and snapped. But 
He would have remembered. He could take those broken glasses, put them in an the envelope, take them back to the post office, ship it off to Shady Rays, and guess what? Send them a brand new pair for free. Or let's say you're watching the GOAT do these workouts, and you're like, damn, he man's in shape. And then you see the glasses on him, and you're like, I can look like that too. And then you try to do that workout and realize you're going to do two of them things, and then you also realize you ain't perfectly quaffed. And you said, oh, my God, these glasses ain't going to work for me. But there got some other glasses that could probably fit you and fit you very well. You send those glasses back in the Shady Rays, and as long as you do it within 30 days, that pair that you're going to get shit back to you that fits you more perfectly, you'll get that for free, ladies and gents. So, exclusively for our listeners out there, Shady Rays giving away their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com, use the promo code CHGO for 50% off of two-plus pairs of premium polarized shades. Go! Try it for yourself. Oh, the Shades had a rated five stars of over 250,000 people because the Shady Rays, y'all, with a raise, are oh so shady. All right, uh, moving right along. Um, yeah, French Bull TV, I, d- I did see that uh, panel you're talking about that Jerry was a part of. I think uh, it was hosted by, uh, why is her name escaping me? Rachel Nichols? That was, was it Rachel Nichols? Rachel Nichols. Yeah. Yes. It was a uh, while ago, right? Like right. a month or so ago or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and he, he said some things in there that were sort of similar to what Bragg's bringing up earlier about, you know, just like. That's what I, I tried to bring if, up. If your team, if your team is <laughs> in the hunt at the end of the season, that's, that's what they want. Yeah. And, and look, and in some cases, that's not entirely wrong. Like our guy Cody from CHGO Cubs. Shout out. Had a tweet the other day that I was talking to him about when we were ha- hanging out this weekend. Like, hey. You know, I said to myself at the beginning of the season, if the Cubs are in it playing meaningful baseball games in late August and in September, yeah. I'll be happy. And here they are. The Cubs made a run. They're playing meaningful baseball in late August and September. Is he happy? And he's happy. Yeah. I mean, he's also stressed out. Yeah, he's very stressed. Because they're in a wild card hunt yeah, right now. Yeah. But, like, yeah. I, yeah. I think that there's a difference between being content with that, being satisfied by that as a sports fan, in certain seasons, depending on the context and your expectations, versus being content with that all the time, every year, year after year. Because any sports fan who's content with that is insane, in my opinion, because what sports fans want is to celebrate with their fellow fans, what? Winning championships. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Um, well, I think... Go ahead, Will. That is obviously, like, the mountaintop, and I think... Obviously, you want to get to that point. But to me, what's more important is the, the journey and the progress. Like, I understand that there's going to be ups and downs, that progress is not always linear. But if you're doing something over and over again with the same results and just getting older and just getting more expensive and not really seeing a vision of, like, how can we get out of this same cycle that we're in, and that, to me, is the similarity between the White Sox and the Bulls. Is like, when the Bulls did the rebuild, yes, they got a lot of stuff right. Or when they, I'm sorry, when they fired Garn Pax and uh, moved on to uh, Arturis and Mark, they got a lot of stuff right. But I think at the end of the day, what you're looking at is the end result, right? And to me, that hasn't actually changed from when Jimmy Butler was here. It was fringe playoff team. Maybe you get in, maybe you don't. Maybe you win a game or two, maybe you don't. So, like, why do the rebuild if you're just going to end up at that same spot? To me, there's no, like, upward mobility. There's no progress. They're not actually working towards anything. And when you bring in, you know, the, so the farm system coach to manage the, the White Sox now, it's like that same cycle is repeating to where – and I don't know shit about baseball. I don't know about this guy. <laughs> like, but to me, that's like the parallels are showing up, right? Um, and so, to me, that's where it's, like, questionable, and I can see for fans why it would be frustrating, is, like, there's not an actual commitment to working your way up. And whether you finish in second every year or whether you, like, are the eighth seed hoping to get into the playoffs every year, you're just stagnant. And mm-hmm. to me, that's where it gets frustrating. Yeah, being and, – and what you said right there – um, when you said doing the same thing over and over again but expecting different results, that the definition of insanity. You know what I mean? And it's something I used to say all the time in the previous years when I would talk about this, you know, organization, talk about this kind of thing going on uh, with the Bulls. And I don't think you're wrong uh, with that. The, the only 
difference I, I would say is I actually saw them try to not be mediocre, but dealt with injuries. Hundred percent. You know what I mean? That's, that's with what, that. exactly what I'm talking about when I mm -hmm. say they got a lot of stuff right. Yeah. You could see the process. Obviously, Lonzo set things back, and like that just is what it is at this point. Yeah. Um, to where they are now, like I get you. You're right. To where they are the now, what they deal with now. Process has been a lot better. Yeah. It's yes, and but. Where they are now, it's still, you know, stagnant and still middle of the pack, right. still just making the playoffs, still just happy, you know, making the first round. And even if you're looking at that, that also came out of injury as well because that was the Derrick Rose injury. You yeah. know what I mean? So it came out of that. Like if you zoom Jimmy out Burke from 10,000 like feet and look at this Bulls situation compared to the Bulls in 2010, first place in the East, feeling real good about themselves, point guard goes down, same thing that happened in 2003. Mm -hmm. Like... It's just this same cycle that, for some reason, the Bulls can't oh, break out you of. You take me back there. It's just oh, crazy, but hurt. I think it's the same thing too. Like we talked about at the end of last season, when Matt and I were like, "Look, what's best for this long-term organization? The goals of the long-term organization are to miss the play-in so that you're forced to make changes." And mm -hmm. you said, "You go and you there's you always find a way into the playoffs because you never know." Win. I believe the phrase was, this said, is why you go. This, this is why, why you, go. you go. You also to said the playoffs. If they don't make playoffs, I cannot understand why they wouldn't make major changes. Correct. And we're all sitting here 6 months later looking at the very minor changes that they made and understanding yes, they might be slightly better, mm -hmm. but like ultimately it's just that same it's not even like the treadmill of mediocrity because I think that's a phrase that we use in relation to other NBA teams, but it's just like the long-term history, mm -hmm. like 25 years, this team has been like a 45 per win percentage team. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's crazy. And I wonder for the White Sox too, it's like, at what point do it's things less. actually, <laughs> sure. But like, at what, at what point do things actually start to change? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like, this is not a criticism of AK and Eversley because sure. like I said, they got a lot of stuff right. You know, you have they to. They also inherited absolute garbage. They did, right? But like, and and we thought there would be a better outcome, and there should have been a better outcome, but there wasn't. And so you end up in this place where it's just the same thing mm. over and over again. Yeah. Mm. Um, I wanted to get to a few more comments uh, in here. People chiming in with their thoughts on sure. this Jerry Reinsdorf Venn diagram. So we will do that coming up to wrap up the show. But first, a couple more quick words from our friends, including. Those at Goose Island. Chicago's beer since 1988. You got to check out the Goose IPA. Big Dave was having one on set today. I had one earlier today at the office because it was so hot. Yes. Those cans were ice cold. Oh. I put it on the back of my neck, oh. and then I cracked it, and then I drank it. Peck neck. All ah. good ah. decisions. Neck a peck. Plus the variety of beer hugs, the tropical, the neon, the hazy. Mm -hmm. Try them all. Maybe not back to back to back because they are heavy, <laughs> heavy, but delicious. Yes. Plus the 312 Wheat Ale, popular in these hot summer days, and the Full Pocket Pills, Dave and I's current personal favorite. Yes. Grab an ultra fresh brewery exclusive beer at Goose Island's original brew house on Cloudborn Avenue in Lincoln Park, or from their tap room on Fulton Street in Westtown, just a few blocks down the street from us here at our CHGO studios. Goose Island Beer, it's Chicago's beer. You can also get fitted out. And the best sports gear around. And when you do that, you do that at FOCO. You get the hoodies, you get the shoes, you get the signs, the bobbleheads, and everything in betwixt. Because it's baseball season, y'all. Them Aloha shirts, them straw hats, the polos, the bags, everything you're going to need to enjoy a game, man. And of course, the set decorations that are sitting behind us, man, provided to us by the lovely people at FOCO. So check out FOCO.com or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off because it's foco for show uh so the the big breaking news on the south side and talking about how it relates to being a bulls fan and if you are a bulls fan and a white Sox fan is our pal davis here you're 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 all twisted up in knots not knowing how to feel i am still uh, happy to justin <laughs> one of our regulars during the season pop back in what's up justin saying uh a couple of jokes nashville white Sox, las vegas bulls <laughs> um and then uh demand chiming in saying pelican bay bulls uh <laughs> look that that is one of the things that is the separate parts of the circle in this venn diagram yeah the and like our friend Herb was talking about it on one of their CHO Sox shows recently before the front office firing news broke yesterday. There was these whispers about, well, maybe they're going to move the Sox out to the Burbs like the Bears are leaving Soldier Field, Herb, or maybe that. they'll even move down to Nashville, right? Because Nashville, <laughs> um, 
I don't know if that's going to happen to the White Sox. Yeah. What I do know, or at least feel very confident that I know, is that when Jerry is riding off into the sunset, the Reinsdorf family as an ownership group might consider selling the White Sox. Yeah. I've heard that from people whose knowledge and in the knowness of Chicago sports I trust. The White Sox are Jerry's baby. Yeah. That is common belief, common knowledge. Yeah. That he loves his baseball, he loves his White Sox. His words. They are not quite as profitable as the Chicago Bulls who won six championships and another like the most recognizable sports logo in the galaxy. They're never selling the, the, the Chicago Bulls. Mm-hmm. The Chicago Bulls will never leave the city of Chicago. It's not happening. I see plenty of you in the comments frustrated by this, whether you're a White Sox fan or not, but you are a Bulls fan saying, here's the latest example of X, Y, and Z that frustrate me as a fan of these teams owned by this individual, owned by this ownership group. S-E-L-L. I get it. Not happening. So either continue to root for the team in spite of knowing that's not going to happen or find a different team. Mm-hmm. And that, that's not me insulting or, or belittling anybody as far as how they view their fandom. Because trust me, I've been there. I've said it myself. I have a shirt that says it. <laughs> you have to be realistic with what's in front of you. With the White Sox, that might happen. If you're not pleased with the people that they hired to replace the guys that they just fired, maybe... That shining light at the end of the tunnel is still out there for you. For us Bulls fans, sadly, the way I see it, that light is not at the end of the tunnel. It's not happening. Then, then, why would you? It doesn't make any sense to get rid of it. It made more sense of the White Sox. Profitability. And, and like I've said many times, he said, I would trade six championships for one World Series. Like, that's what was said right there. So, yeah, man. Like, but as far as money is concerned, and we understand, you know, money is a huge part of all of this. Selling the White Sox would make more sense than ever selling, a, like you stated, a global brand like the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I have a lot to say on that. Like, I think to me, it's less about like who owns the team, and maybe you argue that like, if the Bulls are, I don't know. If, to me, it's less about like who owns the team, and it's more about like. Are they progressing? Are they moving towards something? And I think a lot of people get super hyped up about rebuilds because draft picks and potential and it's exciting. And like, I think that's a means to an end. And, but you can understand like the progress. Somebody asked if the Bulls were run by the Thunder for the, the way the Thunder were the last 10 years, would fans be happy? Like they've got a finals appearance. They've got multiple MVPs. They've got, you know, yeah, teams, teams that have really competed and like rebuilt quickly. It's not necessarily about any one thing or another. To me, it's just like about progress. And I just, that's, that's all I want to see. I, I, I don't know if it was the same person. I saw somebody else in the comments saying earlier, like, you know, wouldn't it be so nice and you would be excited if, say, the Bulls had Evan Mobley and Shea Gills Alexander right now, if they had maybe pivoted toward it. The rebuild is the unknowing, shiny thing that's always attractive. Mm-hmm. For a Bulls team that was led by Jimmy in the three alphas era, short-lived as it was, may it rest in not peace, um, the new shiny thing being the rebuild happened. And then what happened? We spent four or five seasons there miserably watching a rebuild fail to get off the ground. Jesus. It's not always the best course of action if it, in that point in time, is shinier than the rusty thing you're staring at right now that didn't achieve everything you wanted to achieve a year ago. And, and this cyclical life we have as sports fans. Yeah. A cyclical life when you're looking at a new thing up ahead saying, let's bring in some new toys on this new road trip. Because I'm sick of these old toys. I'm sick of playing with them. I don't want to play with them anymore. Let's bring in these new toys for this new road trip. It's shiny. It's new. It's unknowable. And therefore is a lot more attractive most often. A lot of times, I was like, dude, MJ made the joke about the Cubs when he was being asked at the championship podium Mm -hmm. about a potential Bulls rebuild, saying the Cubs have been rebuilding for 47 years. He sure did say that. (laughs) Yeah, it happened. But you also can't take shortcuts. I think that's where things go awry. Um, And not to say, like, 
the way that they, AK rebuilt was a shortcut, but like they hurried it up, right? They overhauled the roster in like 18 months. Mm-hmm. Save for Zach and Kobe, they flipped the entire roster. Yeah. But they went full, like all in. Yeah. They didn't, no, I'm wrong with that. Yeah, I'm just saying like. And, and, and they mortgaged some of their future assets to bring in those pieces. They did. Which just is because why it didn't work the way that they did it. Right. Does not mean that it can't work if you try it a different way. Correct. True. And hey, maybe we're having a very different discussion today. Maybe we've been having different discussions over the last year and a half, season and a half. Were it not for what we were talking about at the start of today's show, which is Lonzo Ball not being able to play basketball. Yeah. Number Here's one seed if. for the first two thirds of the season two seasons ago. Well, what ifs for Bulls net rating in 2016 17, the last year of Jimmy Butler, 1.3. Bulls net rating last year, 1.3. There you go. Uh, did you just have that off the top of your head? Of course I he did. I looked <laughs> what are you talking about? That's the GOAT. The GOAT. Always playing 21 on those roulette tables. 21. Uh, that is it. We are out of time for today. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Um, reminder if you didn't. Check it out. Yesterday, we were joined uh, by Terrence Oglesby, awesome guest, awesome content, breaking down a lot, including what he feels about Julian Phillips, who he coached at the AAU level. Check that out. And, of course, also, our Monday episode was all those fun interviews from Bulls Fest. Check those out if you haven't. We will be back tomorrow, same time, same place, 5 p.m. Central Time, start time again tomorrow. And then Will and Mark will lead you all into the weekend with the Friday HQ. Until then, you can follow Will on Twitter, Will underscore Godly. Big Dave is at BAL, B-A-W-L Sports. I'm Bulls underscore Peck. We are CHGO underscore Bulls. Hey, Bricks. Our Freddie producer is the one and only Greg Braggs. Duck that hat. Braggs. Until tomorrow, hit that thumbs up. We'll talk to you soon. Appreciate you for tuning in. See you right. Be good, Bulls Nation.